Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great week and welcome back to another episode of the Better Food Stories podcast. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff. On today's episode, I am chatting with David Kovaleski, the founder of Waka Coffee, a company that is single-handedly changing the way we see instant coffee in America. David came up with the idea for Waka Coffee while living in New York City, juggling a hectic schedule as a full-time college student with a full-time job. He relied on coffee to fuel his day, but he quickly discovered that going to coffee shops and making coffee in a New York City apartment kitchen was not only complicated and time-consuming, but it got really expensive. That's when he honed in on a solution that wouldn't require him to buy extra equipment and was also fast to make, instant coffee. The only problem that this easy-to-drink coffee wasn't always the tastiest choice. That's when David came up with the idea for a better version of instant coffee and Waka Coffee was born. In my conversation with David, we are talking all things instant coffee, how it's made, how it compares to regular coffee, and why it's not always created equal. We are chatting all about coffee beans and where the best beans come from. And we also talk about another very important ingredient into making sure you have really fantastic coffee. Hint, it's not just the beans. There's another very important ingredient as well. And we're talking about how he's building a company that is not only changing the perception of instant coffee, but giving back as well. As always, you could check out the show notes to this and every episode of the Better Food Stories podcast on my website, audriagreenhoff.com slash podcast. And you can also head over to wakacoffee.com to learn more about David's company. And if you sign up for their newsletter, you get 10% off your first order with them, which is pretty awesome. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with David Kovaleski of Waka Coffee. David, welcome to the Better Food Stories podcast. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and I'm excited to be on the podcast. Definitely. I'm excited to tell everybody a little bit more about you and your company. So why don't we dive right in, and why don't you introduce yourself and tell our listeners what your company, Waka Coffee, is all about. Sure. Uh, So my name is David Kowalewski, a little long last name, but I'm the founder of Waka Coffee. Uh, It's a relatively new startup, and we're on a mission to bring the instant back. So it's a, it's, it's a big mission, but uh, we want to bring instant coffee back to its glory days. Um, and overall, our company is all about making coffee experience easier. And instant coffee is the way we found to do it uh, right now. And uh, we sell quality instant coffee direct to consumers on our website and on Amazon. And you have an interesting journey and relationship with instant coffee. We talked a little bit about it on our initial call. Tell me a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and your relationship with specifically instant coffee. Sure. So as you can hear by my uh, accent, I grew up in Israel. 
and I moved to the U.S. about seven years ago now. Since I was 15, I always wanted to open my own coffee shop. So I was collecting menus from coffee shops, always thinking about ideas that, uh, you know, what will I have in my own coffee shop? But at the same time, always drinking instant coffee because everywhere but in the U.S., instant coffee is pretty common. Uh, so you don't have Keurigs at home. In Israel, there's not even a Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks was there for a slight second and mm-hmm. uh, kind of left the country. But yeah, the, the culture is different. Well, the coffee culture progressed and people drink uh, coffee in cafes outside and, you know, uh, drink espresso. Um, at home, most people drink instant coffee. And when I moved to the U.S., I had a full-time job. I had full-time school. I had a very small studio apartment, so I did not have room for a coffee machine. And I was looking for a solution like I had in Israel for a good cup of coffee that I could make instantly. Uh, so this is where I found out the opportunity bringing instant coffee, not back, but like uh, changing the perception about instant coffee in America. Uh, and through that, bringing it back to its glory days uh, like it used to be. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned the the sort of disconnect with the culture because coffee in America, I'm sure that you have seen, is huge here. And I think that a lot of times the instant coffee sort of gets like a bad reputation. What do you tell me a little bit about traditional instant coffee in America and why do you think it hasn't really taken off maybe until more recently and how it differs, you know, from what you've been used to growing up? Sure. Um, Well, I was talking with many people here uh, that either don't even know what instant coffee is or never tried instant coffee. And Mm -hmm. the only thing they think about instant coffee is, like you said, this uh, the bad reputation around. Um, So first of all, instant coffee is coffee. It's made of coffee beans and it could either be freeze-dried or spray-dried. Now, traditional instant coffee brands usually make it by uh, spray-drying. Spray-drying means applying heat to make uh, the beans, uh, the granules you can see in instant coffee. Uh, And by applying the heat, it kind of ruins the natural flavor of the bean. This is reason number one why traditional instant coffee could taste uh, different than Mm -hmm. the coffee you're familiar, you're uh, accustomed to. Uh, The second reason most traditional instant coffee brands in America use an inferior type of bean called Robusta. So there are two main beans out there, Arabica and Robusta. Arabica is this coffee bean that you usually drink in a cafe and coffee shops, uh, and it's more expensive. It's harder to grow. You need higher altitudes, um, also uh, taking care of it um, for a longer time. Uh, so this is why instant coffee manufacturers opt out to use Robusta beans because it's cheaper. They assume people who drink instant coffee don't really care about the quality, and the entire motivation behind buying instant coffee is probably uh, the cheap cost of it. So traditional instant coffee brands make their coffee by spray drying and robusta beans. Uh, we are trying to make a different coffee experience, different instant coffee experience, and our instant coffee is only freeze dried, so it uses a different technology to make uh, the instant coffee into granules uh, by freezing it to about negative 50 Celsius degrees. And also we use Arabica beans, which are, like I mentioned, are superior um, and have a different uh, palate, uh, like taste palate. 
You right now offer some different types of varieties, specifically uh, Colombian and Kenyan variety. How did you land on those two flavors? So um, we were trying a lot of instant coffees out there. We don't manufacture instant coffee. We Mm -hmm. source it uh, Mm -hmm. from Colombia and we tried different types of instant coffee out there. And the two main criteria that were important for us is being uh, Arabica beans Mm -hmm. and freeze-dried. And this type of blend, uh, single-origin instant coffee that we found in Colombia, seemed to us as similar, as close to, uh, you know, tasting like a drip coffee uh, that wasn't made instantly. Uh, So this is why we chose the Colombian type. Now, the Kenyan is a new product we just launched, and it's actually instant tea. So again, going back to our uh, mission to make the coffee experience easier, right? Mm -hmm. So like when you go to a coffee shop, sometimes you want tea. And we also want to make it easier and faster. So, for example, if you make iced tea, you don't have to cold and put your tea in the refrigerator for the night. You can just mix unsweetened, delicious uh, instant tea into your cold water and make iced tea. I love that. Now that you are deep into you know the coffee industry... Um, I imagine that you have learned a lot about what it takes to make really great coffee. What do Uh you think that we should all be looking for when it comes, you know, whether it's from our instant coffee or if we're out in a coffee shop ordering something, what do you think we should be looking for as consumers to make sure that we're getting the best possible experience from our cup of coffee or tea now that you guys are in that industry too? Yeah, so that's a great question. And so before I started the company, I was obviously a coffee shopper. And I always got confused because you see the altitudes it was grown and the different farms and a lot of technicality that not necessarily is uh, understandable but yeah. the re- by the regular consumer. Uh, but I think the main two things to remember is that your cup of coffee is made from coffee and water. So Obviously, these are the two components that you want to pay close attention to. So when you talk about the coffee, it's very important to find a good bean or if you don't, uh, if you buy a blend, so it's obviously the, the beans included in the blend. I usually recommend Arabica beans because of my previous explanation, but sometimes you could have a good blend that has some Robusta in it. Robusta has the caffeine in it. So sometimes if you want a stronger coffee, caffeine-wise, uh, usually... Uh, people will mix in the blend some Arabica, some Robusta. So it's it's very important to pay attention to what type of beans you're buying and uh, what regions the beans are from because different regions have different flavors and uh, usually when you like your coffee in some way, it's probably from the same area uh, you drank, drank it before. So definitely pay attention to the bean. Uh, and the second thing is the water. So... Uh, if you live in a place that tap water is not great, use uh, Brita or use some filtered water. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay attention to the coffee-to-water ratio. Uh, and then uh, all these small hacks will make your cup of coffee incredible. Do you think there are any misconceptions that people have about coffee? Making coffee is not hard. Um, there are a lot of coffee shops and uh, coffee brands that 
trying to take to elevate it and make it more of an art which it's great but some people just need their cup of coffee and they want to make it easy and fast and still taste delicious so i think the first misconception is that you need to know how to make your coffee and it's an art yes there's a lot that goes into making the perfect cup but it's not that hard and Mm -hmm. Uh, this is what we're trying to do, like uh, buying the coffee online, finding the type that you like, um, making your purchase easy, but also the process of making it easy. So besides changing the way that we consume coffee, and like you said, you're on a mission to bring back the instant coffee to its glory days, your company has another really great mission, which is supporting clean water efforts. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. It's something that we're really proud of. And um, so we donate 4% of our profits to this amazing organization out of New York. It's a nonprofit called Charity Water. And uh, basically, they bring access to clean water to 26 countries around the world. And when we were looking into the industry and researching the coffee uh, industry overall, uh, we found that there's a lot of water waste. And as a small startup, we obviously couldn't change the supply chain right away. Uh, but the small thing that we uh, thought would be important is to contribute back and donate back to this cause. Because while we're selling coffee and coffee costs um, some water, water waste in the process, we do want to make sure that um, countries that do not even have water for drinking uh, can enjoy water while we spend water for the manufacturing process. Um, So this is why we partnered with Charity Water and we give them a percentage of our profits. That's amazing. I think that's a wonderful mission in addition to a great product that you're putting out. Thank you. So I want to talk a little bit about life before you started this company. What were you doing before Waka Coffee and was becoming an entrepreneur something that you always wanted? Yeah, uh, well, life before Waka Coffee sounds far away, although it's not that <laughs> far away. Um, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, that's for sure, since I was a little kid. Uh, people were watching cartoons and uh, I don't know what other kids are watching. I was watching the news and business news. Um, no way, that's crazy. Yeah, and I always knew it's going to be something related to coffee. And this is why Waka Coffee started. I was serving in the military in Israel for three years. I was in the Air Force. Then I moved to New York, and I was actually uh, working as a buyer, uh, not for food, but for <laughs> parts for aircrafts. Uh, and at the same time, I was doing my bachelor degree in marketing in New York. Uh, after that, I worked some time for um, a marketing tech company. And then my wife and I moved to L.A., and... Waka Coffee started. I love that. Where did the name, how did you come up with the name? Yeah, everybody asked me about the name. Um, so I was looking for something that uh, associated to waking up, because mm-hmm. this is what coffee makes you feel, right? Awake. Mm-hmm. And Waka is just a play uh, of the word awake. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. So now that you are working in this industry, what do you think is the most 
a exciting part about being in the you know food and beverage space in 2019 and what do you think is the most challenging right so the most exciting things uh, is you always have new products launching you have exciting new industries develop- developing like if you look at the vegan and um, better for you food None of this was existing uh, 10 or 15 years ago. And now you see these products everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think the exciting thing is just the new products out there and the opportunities and the varieties and how all these products become more accessible to everyone. Um, The challenging, especially for us, uh, being a self-funded company with a lot of competition around us, uh, it's very hard to differentiate yourself. So we need to work very hard and make sure that we know what's our mission and what's our strategy and stick to it. It's very easy to see another brand doing something else and thinking, oh, are we doing the right thing? So definitely staying focused and committed to your mission and strategy. It's uh, it's a big challenge. Yeah. Is there anything that has surprised you about this industry? How expensive it's uh, to have a company in the food and beverage. Um, when you think about it, it's an easy transaction, right? You make mm-hmm. food, you make beverage, and you sell it to customers. And usually the price is not even so high. It's not like a TV that costs hundreds of dollars. It's, it's a couple of dollars, $10. Uh, but there's so much uh, expenditure involved into marketing and going to market. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize how expensive it is. Yeah, definitely. I think that would be something that a lot of people would agree with. Yeah. This has been super fun. Before we kind of wrap up, I would love to have some, a few minutes to do some like fun closing questions that I do with all my guests. Are you up for that? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Okay. So number one, what is the last movie or TV show that you watched? Uh, so the last TV show was uh, Chernobyl on HBO. Oh. And yeah, it's really good. It's a miniseries. I think it's five episodes. But uh, going back to my long last name, so my parents immigrated from Russia to Israel. Uh, and it wasn't in Russia, but it was former USSR. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty uh, similar to what's going on back at the time in Russia as well. So it was interesting to see uh, the cover-up and how the government was uh, treating the incident. Yeah, I saw my husband and I watched the first episode and I really liked it. So I'm glad that you saw the whole thing and would recommend yeah. it because it's definitely one I want to keep watching. Yeah, the first episode, it, it might be a little slow, but you should keep up. <laughs> Great. Okay, number two, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Uh, well, I guess if I have only three foods left, so I don't need to work out two, so I don't need to worry about that. Uh, so uh, I will go for pizza, uh, cheesecake, Ooh. and probably smoked fish, going back to my Russian roots. Very good choices. <laughs> Thank you. Number three, what is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? I think it will be Islam Mujeres in Mexico. Uh, it's a small island of Cancun, and it's very isolated. And while there are a lot of tourists going there, it's it's very tranquil and very 
uh, quiet and peaceful. Uh, so good place to kind of escape to. I love that. That's actually on my list. I just last week was in Riviera Maya with my uh-huh. husband and we met um, some people who had done a day trip to Isla Mujeres and they showed us some photos and the water was just stunning, even with all right. the the issues that all countries are having right now with the seaweed. Um, mm-hmm. It was so pristine and beautiful. I definitely want to make the trip when we are in the area again. Yeah, I definitely want to go back again. <laughs> Love it. Number four, what is one thing most people would never guess about you? Um, I think that deep inside I'm a shy person. So when people meet me, I'm a people person, I'm talkative, uh, but requires some preparation uh, with myself uh, to go out there. So I think people don't realize that I could be a shy person. I love that. I think that's a great answer. And I think that is surprising. We've chatted a couple of times now and you're you know, so well-spoken and friendly. I wouldn't have thought that at all. Yeah, so it's a lot of self-reparation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. I, I'm a writer, so I feel like I'm more introverted in a sense. So it does. I think yeah. it takes a little bit of practice. Um, Definitely. Very cool. Well, this has been so fun, and I am really grateful that you took the time to chat with me. I think our listeners are going to love getting to know you and the story behind Waka Coffee. If they want to learn more about your products and your company, where can they go online? Yeah, so they can go to wakacoffee.com or just Google Waka Coffee. Uh, if anyone has a feedback or something they want to tell me, they can reach out to me at david at Waka Coffee. And yeah, it was a pleasure being on Better Food Stories and um I I can't wait to hear more episodes. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit audreagreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram.